to Loafa Lava and welcome back to Ra Ra Radio. Each week we will have a theme for our podcast and this week's theme is Family's Greatest Hits. Our first act today is from Angela and Natalie. They will be debating a topic, is it better to be the oldest or the youngest sibling? Act 1, Sibling Debate. Hi, I'm Angela. I'm the youngest sibling and I am joined by my friend Natalie. Hi, I'm Natalie and I'm the oldest sibling. So I have two older siblings, an older brother who is 14 turning 15 and an older sister who has turned 17. What about you? <laughs> um, well, I am the oldest of three people and I have a three-year-old brother and I have a twin. Um, um, he is 11, like me. Um, <laughs> Wait, how much older are you than your twin? Two minutes. Impressive. Yes. <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing about how the youngest is much better than the oldest. I, I mean, um, how, which is better, youngest or oldest? Yeah, but if you're the oldest sibling, you um, are the oldest and you have the, the, the best way in all the fights. Well, guess what? I will never ever run out of clothes because I always get hand-me-downs. Also a bad thing, but mostly good. Yes. But I'm a twin, even though he's a boy, I wear his clothes because I'm wearing his jumper right now. Um, <laughs> and um, he doesn't mind. Actually, no, he does mind, but I don't listen to that. And um, it's like getting hand-me-downs, but like you can choose what you wear. But parents with the oldest, they enforce so many rules on you and they make you so responsible. But by the time Patrick is your age, I guess they will be much more chill about it and you know maybe get him a phone or something when he's like very young he has a phone now wait how old is he he's three. Oh god <laughs> why does he have a phone he's three because when i got my first phone i was nine um because i had to um walk home sometimes um but yeah and then um i got a new phone and patrick was like I want a phone like Nettie James. Um, he uses it to take selfies. <laughs> so, because me and James are twins, mum was like, I'm never going another baby because like, she thought, twins, what about another one? <laughs> I was the only one who changed his nappies. Okay. Yeah. Changing the diaper. How is that for you? Bad. It smells bad. Um, yeah, it smells real bad. Wait, why was it your job? Why can't you just shove it to Jamie, like, Jamie, you're doing this, not, not me. Because <laughs> James doesn't know how to. He doesn't um, like to, and I just take the responsibility on myself because I am the best twin and two months older and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is kind of a con. <laughs> you're older, so you have to do more stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you get more praises if you, if you do more stuff. I think it's definitely better to be younger and if you want to decide that older is better, it's your opinion. But if you ever want someone to tell you that youngest is the best, please come to me. It's better to be younger because one, no diapers. Two, you get all the hand-me-downs, all the goods. Three, the rules don't apply to you because they're so strict on the oldest, not as strict on the youngest. We all know that. It's better to be older because the youngest children generally look up to you. Like you're a good role model, you have more responsibility. That's a, both a con and a pro because with responsibility, you can go out and they tr your parents trust you. 
Oh, the third reason is if you're older, you win all the arguments because you're just better than everyone else. I think there is only one way to decide the true winner of this grand argument. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Mm hmm Let's bring in Patrick. Do you like being younger than me or older, or do you like to be older than me? I want to be older again. Yeah, that's right, because the oldest is the best. I win. Our next story is with Alex. His piece is about a camping trip that was almost ruined by an unwanted guest. Act 2, Tramp Rat. One of the dads from my tramping club was staying at Wairanga Lodge in the Orangarongas with his son for the week. There was no one else staying there that week. That is why he had chosen this week to take his son there. On the first night, he woke up at around 11pm to hear a scuffling noise somewhere on the floorboards, getting louder and fading away again. He thought, it's probably just some rat underneath the floorboards. It will probably be gone in a few minutes. So he went back to bed and to sleep and didn't hear it again until the next night. This time he heard it and decided to try and get rid of the rat or mouse because his son was only seven and if he woke up and heard it, he would probably freak out and start yelling and screaming about some monster or something. And he really didn't want to ruin his son's first tramping experience. So he got out of bed with determination and got a stale biscuit from the cupboard from some previous occupant. Then he put it on the floor about where the scuffling noises had come from. Then went over and got one of those fold-up tables from the corner of the room. Stood beside the biscuit with the flat of the table facing down so he was prepared to drop it the second the rat or mouse went for the biscuit. He was waiting like that for what seemed like days until his back started to ache so he went back to bed. The next night he got up when he heard the scuffling noise silently tiptoed to the spot blood pounding through his head for what he was about to do to where the rat, it turned out to be, was nibbling on the stale biscuit. The dad quietly stood over the rat with the table raised and slammed the tabletop straight down on top of the rat. His son jumped violently awake and yelled, Where's the monster? It's fine, son. I'll tell you in the morning. Then he waited for his son to calm down. Then, just for good measure, he jumped on the table a couple of times to put the rat out of its misery. In the morning, he got up and looked under the table for the rats so he could clean up the mess. But lo and behold, there was no sign of the rat. No fur, no blood, nothing at all except a stale biscuit with a few bite marks in it. Believe it or not, it turns out that rats have the simply overpowered ability to squash down to nearly the width of a $1 coin and survive without injury. So, in the end, the biscuits had saved the rat. The bait had saved it. Now we're going to hear from Eve and Taylor, who are comparing what life is like today for what it would have been like for their parents. Act 3, Intermediates Through the Ages. Hey, what about our mums? Have you ever thought about how they looked and what it was like when they were our age? I think I might have a photo of her somewhere. Hold on, let me find it. Yeah, I wonder what they did for fun. I mean, without technology. 
Imagine trying to contact a friend. Go home, check the phone book for their number, get the phone, call their friend, talk to their parents and then set a time. There's no texting if you're late, you have to turn up on that time. Sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about what school was like when they were our age? No, not really. Why? Because it must have been so different, the teachers, the classrooms and the students. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't have had a lot of freedom or choice in what they were learning and it would definitely be different now without getting hit by a cane. Did your parents get hit by a cane? Yeah, my dad did. He used to throw little scrunched up paper balls at people. <laughs> Funny. I think I remember asking my mum what she did for fun when she was our age. She loved to bike, go to the park with friends and play netball. That's basically my weekend. Cool. I asked what intermediate was like when they were our age and it sounded really similar to Rara. There was a lot of DPE, except we use a lot of different tools. They did basic woodworks and cooking. Now we have 3D printers and laser cutters. I asked if she thinks that kids these days have a better learning experience than she did. And she thinks that now we have a lot more access to information, but back then there were a lot less distractions. Comparing my experience to my mum's experience probably will be the same. We both loved to play sport and we both had great learning experiences. Yeah, they both seem pretty similar, except for getting hit by a cane. The amount of times I've turned up to school late, I'd definitely have been caned by now. Everyone in Rara knows that there's always that one reliever that you wanted in your class. He tells the best stories and luckily we have him here today. Act 4, Sean Moore's story. A lot of my friends asked me if I would get recorded and I went, no, I don't want any of my stories recorded, but uh, first time in my life this has ever been done. I, I was trying to think of a story that, because you've got some sort of um, emphasis on, on families, and I was trying to think about a story that I could tell you about my family. I, I thought I first would tell you about my mum. Um, my mum's an only child, and... Um, it wasn't that her mum and dad didn't want more children, it just was the fact that my nana, my mum's mum, couldn't have any more children. My nana and my granddad would have had as many children as they possibly could have, but my nana had something wrong with her, and after she had my mum, she couldn't have any more kids. My mum was born in 1936, and if you're real smart, you'll know that that was quite close to when the war happened, the Second World War, and her grand, my grandfather, my dad's, I mean, my mum's dad, he went to the war, joined the army as soon as the New Zealand government declared war on Nazi Germany. My grandfather volunteered on exactly that day. And within a very short period of time, he left to go to the war. And my mum was only a little girl. She was like three when her dad left and my mum had to spend a lot of the war years just with her mum. When... Um, my granddad came back from the war. My mum was on Queen's Wharf in Wellington. My mum was there with her mum and they were uh, waiting for my granddad's ship to come into Wellington. And she hadn't seen him for years and neither had my nana. So they're standing on the wharf like this and then the ship pulls up and then they let one of those things down off the ship that goes off the ship like this and goes down onto the wharf. Who knows what that's called? The thing that you walk off or walk up onto a ship? Gangway. Close. What did you think? I thought it was a gangway too. It's gangway. 
gangplank is what the pirates used to make people walk off the plank, but a gangway is the one that goes down onto the wharf like that. So the ship pulls up and the gangway comes down like that, and all these soldiers start coming off the ship. And you can imagine how happy they would have been. They'd been away to war, and they'd seen so much terrible things, so many terrible things. So many of their friends blown up, killed, wounded, people that had lost their arms, lost their legs, all those terrible things. But here's these lucky New Zealanders coming down off the ship, onto the gangway, onto the wharf. Amongst all those soldiers was my granddad and his brother, because they were both in the same battalion. They were both in the New Zealand army, but they were both in the same battalion. My great uncle George was coming off with his brother, my granddad, and my mum standing on the wharf with her mum, and as they're walking towards her, but not like as close as I am to Fana, like a long way down the wharf, my nana said to my mum, she pointed and said to my mum, there's your dad. And you have to remember when my mum's dad left, she was just a little girl. So my mum ran up the wharf in the direction where my nana had pointed, but instead of jumping up on her dad, she jumped up on her uncle and said, Dad, like that. And then my mum's uncle George, which turned out to be my great uncle George, went, Oh no, I'm not your dad. This is your dad. And he gave my mum to my granddad. If my mum was here now telling you that story, she would cry and cry because she always says, even now, she says that she wishes her mum had said, there's your dad, the one on the left. But she, her mum, thought that my mum would be able to remember what her dad looked like but she didn't because she was just a little girl when he left and when he came back, she couldn't remember what he really looked like. I feel sorry for my mum because when she tells that story, she's always sad and she always thinks that her dad must have felt terrible, that his only child ever jumped onto the wrong person. I don't know if he would have felt bad about it, but I know for a fact it made my mum feel bad about it. Thank you for listening and supporting our show. Special thanks this week go to Sean Moore for letting us record his story for the first time. And as always, our teacher, Mr Chris Johnston, who is often found rambling to himself. Did you write that? No, you wrote that. Okay. We would also love you to go and check out our website, rarapodcast.com, or look us up on iTunes, Rara Radio. Thank you for listening. See you next week.